January 18th, 2021. Hi, my name's Tom Yakopin, and this is the Tom Yakopin Podcast, also known as Yakopinions. Uh, we're happy to be with you yet again for uh, actually a, a positive and um, a brand new trend with the podcast this year where I'm looking forward to interviewing entrepreneurs and big thinkers to learn about what makes them tick uh, you know, uh, you know, where have they come from? How have they got? Where are they going? You know, the the whole agenda, and 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 it really begins today. I think I think we're going to title today's message. Uh, my producer and I were talking about it beforehand. I think today's title should be "How to Build a Life That Requires No Vacation." You know, and um, and I say that because you know what? At the end of the day, life is good, and and I think it is just about as good as we wish to make it. And I believe that a lot of it starts with this thought as we introduce our special guest for, for today. And I hope you can see this okay. It's a quote. Um, it is attributed to uh, the late Henry Ford. And it is, uh, it matters not whether a man thinks he can or he can't. He's right. Um, this plaque was actually presented to me uh, in 1996 at a team leader meeting from an insurance mentor friend of mine, the late Ron Jensen, who, like myself, started an insurance agency, grew his agency into a national marketing organization, which at one point we were cranking out $6 million a week in sales. He took the company public, sold it to Blackstone Financial for just a bit over $1,000 million. Yes, that's a billion. And, uh, and Ron would say it if he were here today, unfortunately, he was killed in an accident. Ron would say that a lot of it had to do with his thoughts, and that is taking control of his mind and the importance of that today. I want to just read one quick quote that I think you'll find of value, and then we're going to introduce our, our special guest. And that is the power of the mind, and in particular, friends, the subconscious mind. And, and this is a little uh, ditty. These are principles and points that have been extracted from a very well-known book, which another mentor friend of mine turned me on to years ago, um, Think and Grow Rich by uh, the infamous author Napoleon Hill. But he, he said this, that the subconscious mind is a mental area in which all inputs through any of the five senses are classified and recorded and from which they may be recalled or withdrawn like data from the storage banks of a limitless computer. No one knows very much about what we call the subconscious mind, but we do know that it is incalculably, incalculably powerful and can solve our problems if we go about using it the right way. The power of your mind, your uh, unconscious or conscious mind, subconscious mind, probably a combination of all of that. Today's special guest, Jim Shorkey Jr. I can't wait to hear your story, Jim. Uh, I see some of your posts online and, and many of them have resonated with me. I do recognize the name, but uh, we want to welcome him today. Thank you, sir, for joining us and, and um, you know, building a life which requires no vacation. What do you have to say? Who are you? Where'd you come from? And how have these thoughts booked and mentors impacted your life, sir? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> that's a really big question. So uh, where I come from, my father started uh, a company called Courtesy Oldsmobile Jeep back in 1974. So he was the founder of our company, which today is the Jim Shorkey Family Auto Group. 
And at that time, we were a very small dealership selling Oldsmobiles and Jeeps. And I was actually, I graduated from high school in 1974, went to college after that. But I, I worked at the dealership in the summertime. Uh, you know, I, I was a janitor. I washed cars. I, I, I worked in the parts department. I worked in the service department. I actually sold cars uh, in between my, uh, my seat. When I, I actually went an extra semester uh, to college. I was, I was a, a, a runner. And I had an extra year of eligibility. Long story short, I went to an extra extra um, semester of college to run. But I sold cars that summer, came back, graduated in December of 1978, and I started selling cars full-time in uh, 1979. But but backing up to, you know, I was five years old in the first grade. And, of course, you know, a lot of times different teachers will say, well, you know, let's have a – what do you want to do when you get big? You know, and I always wanted to be a car salesman. And I know that was because of my father – no question, but I always wanted to be a car salesman. So when I was in first grade, car salesman. When I was in 10th grade, car salesman. When I was in college, car salesman. I never veered from that. I always wanted to be a car salesman. And so um, I never worked anywhere else but the dealership uh, through those summer jobs. And then full-time once I graduated from um, from uh, from college and I sold cars. And then I, I, I sold cars. I I was uh, what is called a finance manager, meaning I would be the guy that got the paperwork done and got the deal approved by the bank and whatnot. So I did that. And then I was a, I was a, a lower level manager and I ended up um, becoming the general sales manager of the dealership, meaning that my range of focus was strictly selling cars. I did not get involved with parts or service or any of that kind of stuff, strictly selling cars. And so I did that up, up until um, my father died my father died on March 24th, 1996. And I often say if I was half as smart as I thought I was, I would have been pretty darn smart. So I proceeded to run the business according to my egotistical, arrogant type of an attitude at that time. And ended up two years later, I was bankruptcy imminent. And in, in, in other words, my our business at that time, it was still courtesy Oldsmobile uh, Jeep was, was bankruptcy imminent. We were on our last breath because of my own arrogant stupidity type of, a, of an attitude. And so I, uh, I got a hold of this book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. <laughs> I can't make this up, okay? So there's, there's a lot more to the story than what you may imagine. But one of the things that Napoleon Hill talks about in the book, and, and, and first of all, so I'm bankruptcy imminent. I, I had this book and it's like, okay, you're not in any position to, to negotiate here. I'm going to do exactly what Napoleon Hill tells me to do. Exactly. No variance, no, no veering from what the book stated. And so one of the things that Napoleon Hill makes a really, really big deal about is this idea called seek expert counsel. Find somebody who's smarter than you, who's done what you want to do and have a conversation. So the only guy that came to my mind when I started thinking about, about this, and remember, I'm bankruptcy imminent, and I'm on my last breath, was Mr. Hamilton, who was my father's former partner. And this guy was very successful. He was very wealthy. He was a very good car dealer. So I go into Mr. Hamilton's office, and I said, um, Mr. Hamilton, I said, I'm lost. This was two years after my dad died. I said, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I said, I, I, would, I, I would like to ask you for a list of the things that I should be doing to be a successful car dealer. And he called me James. He said, okay, James, you come back tomorrow morning, I'll have a list for you. So I go back the next morning, he hands me this list. It's, it's typed out, it's 10 things. And I wish I had that list, I don't have it. I know some of the details of it, but nevertheless, it was a list. So I started to, to do the list exactly the way he told me to do it. And um, 
I could see the needle, you know, start to move. It was like, okay, thing, things are starting to happen. And, and primarily when you're bankruptcy, the big thing you look at is your bank account. And so my bank account started to inch up, you know, just a tad. So I'm looking at my bank account. It's inching up just a tad. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm learning. And so I went back to Mr. Hamilton again, asked more questions. I went to um, Chrysler Financial was the financial arm of Jeep at the time. I brought them in, asked for their help. GMAC was the financial arm of, of Oldsmobile at the time. I brought them in, asked for their help. Um, uh, uh, my, my accountant, my banker, um, NADA, National Auto Dealers Association, which is a, which is a, a, a massive educational facility that, 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 that the National Auto Dealers Association has for its car dealerships to learn how to be better at what they do. I joined think tanks. I just was, a, was just always asking the question, what can I do to improve my business? So I just kept doing that. Well, lo and behold, um, I ended up going from, you know, bankruptcy imminent and uh, 1998 was the bloodbath lost a pile of money. Cause it just, it, I, you don't change, you don't change these things on a dime. It's like a ship, right? But 1999 was a record profit year. We never made as much money in the history of my dad running the business as we did in, in 1999 and went on, to never make less than that again and to make a lot more than that. So that was the genesis of what we know today as the, the Jim Shorty Family Auto Group. Now backing up to Think and Grow Rich, in that book, he makes it very clear that you're supposed to read the book three times before you put it down. That is an instruction of the book, okay? And he tells you the reason for that is because then you're not gonna wanna stop, okay? So now I'm gonna ask you a question. How many times do you think I've read Think and Grow Rich? What year were you introduced to it? Uh, Nineteen ninety. Well, ninety-eight. I was bankrupt soon. Now I had the book previous to that, so I read it, but I didn't do what he told me to do. So I would say probably how many guests and say ninety-five would say just to pick a number. Okay, so I would say twenty-five times. I'm reading it right now for the hundred and forty-fifth time. <laughs> wow. Yep. There you go. One Isn't that amazing? Times. That is amazing. Um, I want to just give you a thought about that, that the hand that picks up the book is not the same hand that puts the book down. It's a different hand. Yes, sir. And so that's why you read it again, because it's not the same hand. And so you pick it up and you say, holy crap, I, geez, I, I don't remember ever reading this part. Like, what? I don't remember this. It's because you're not the same hand. It's not the same body. You've changed, right? So, so, um, Every time I read it, I get something new out of it because, well, for example, you said, well, okay, 20 years ago, let's say. So 20 years ago, I'm 43 years old. Well, obviously at 43, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I mean, the genetic makeup, the, the physicality of this guy right here at 43 is not the same. I'm not the same person at 63 that I was at 43. That's right. So it's just going to be a different reading. And um, yeah, 140, I'm on my 140th. 45th reading as we had this conversation right now. Wow. That, you know, that, that says a lot. And for, uh, for, for people listening to this, I don't know if you've ever heard of think and grow rich or not, uh, um, highly recommend it. You know, you can even find on YouTube, uh, video breakdowns. I mean, it's just everywhere. And, and Jim, it's amazing because, uh, I, I think it would be interesting for people to know this is an unrehearsed, um, 
podcast. You know, as I said, I, I've casually friended Jim on Facebook. We've shared some ideas. I've liked many of his quotes, but I get where he's coming from. And I thought this would be a very refreshing podcast and one that many of you, myself included, already finding it educational. Um, but I had no idea you know, that we would be talking about Napoleon, Napoleon Hill's book. What I can tell you is interesting, though. Um, in the insurance business, Jim, I've had the privilege of working with, with several mentors uh, uh, who have helped me significantly. Um, uh, I, I, my earliest mentor, I, I told you about Ron, a billionaire. I, I left Ron's organization and worked with a gentleman out of Texas who had an eighth grade education named Paul Wood, who built National Health Corporation. Uh, when that, that company had an unfortunate end, but it was worth just over a billion in assets uh, in the year 2003 with the acquisition of Colorado Bankers Insurance Company. And I remember how Paul uh, you know, took us all to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital because he was a big donor there and announced the acquisition and how happy he was. But he gave a story, Jim, and that story was he was on a sales call. He was poor. He grew up in a shack. I, I have a video that they produced where they went back to his early childhood home in Waco, Texas. And when I tell you it was a shack, it was a shack. This guy had no big roots. No, you know, he didn't come from money and he really wasn't even that well-educated, that well-spoken. Um, eighth grade education. He was on a sales call as an insurance man, and he said he knew the guy had money, had a big, a red convertible, and Paul talked about how much he wanted, he loved that convertible, and he went into the, the sales call, and, and, he, and he laughed, and he said, I didn't make the sale, uh, which was a little disappointing. He said, but something great happened. The guy gave me two books and seemed to take interest in my future career. And he said, one of the books was How to Win Friends and Influence People by, of course, Dale Carnegie. The other was Think and Grow Rich. And Paul, who struggled to read, said, well, I made a decision. I wanted money more than I wanted friends or influence at the time. So I read this Think and Grow Rich book. And here he is years later, right, with agents and salespeople all over the country uh, with a thousand million under his, you know, in assets under management in one lifetime. So these are two people. Jim, that talked with me about the power of focus, the power of using this mind, this wonderful mind that we have, which I think is very much the essence, right, of think and grow rich, right? It begins right here. It begins with what we've discussed in terms of our belief system. So, you know, questions for you, some takeaways when you when you look at the book or perhaps things that you began to act on quickly. What are some fundamentals, in your opinion, um, you know, that are key for anybody to be able to understand, embrace, engage, execute and walk out in their daily routine, sir? Yeah. Also, so the if you if you look at the book, OK, and you analyze the book, it is an operator's manual for how to live the good life. So just think about it in that perspective, how to live the good life. And so the first chapter, the first principle is, is desire. That's the first principle, desire. The second principle, and by the way, these are in order of importance, right? So the first principle is desire, the second principle is faith. And he tells you, Napoleon Hill actually tells you that desire is the most important thing, but then in the chapter on faith, he tells you that faith is the most important thing. And so, and if you read it like I've read it, you'll see it very clearly, clearly there, right? 
and and so so what I have surmised from all my study of this book is that the number one most important thing is desire. The number one most important thing is faith. Okay, so they're one and one, right? And 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 so and he tells you very clearly. He tells you the secret to the book, which most people miss, right? And, and so in my opinion, from all my studying, and this is what I preach, this is what I teach, is desire backed by faith knows no such word as impossible. Desire backed by faith knows no such word as impossible. And so how do we turn impossible into possible? We do that by growing our desire and by growing our faith. And we want to grow that desire into a burning desire and we want to grow that faith into an absolute knowing in other words i know i can do this and i and i'm very passionate about what it is that i'm doing so how do you do that that, that that's that is a great question right how do you do that well the third principle is what is called auto suggestion auto suggestion is the keystone to the arch of this philosophy and again most people miss this right so auto-suggestion, according to Napoleon Hill, is the keystone to the arch of this philosophy. And he tells you very clearly that all the other principles are to cause you to do auto-suggestion. So what is auto-suggestion? Auto-suggestion is seven things. It's what are you reading? What are you writing? What are you listening to? What are you viewing? What are you saying to Jim Shorty? What is your self-talk? Who are you hanging out with and what are your actions? That is auto-suggestions. So through the process of day by day, week by week, month by month, of pursuing auto-suggestion in the direction of your goals, you're going to grow your desire and you're going to grow your faith and desire back by faith. And there's no such word as impossible. And so if I wanted to be a great car dealer, then, and I want you to think about this because this, this is really important. What I would do is I would, I would read everything I possibly could about how to be a great car dealer. I would listen to everything I could about how to be a great car dealer. I would, I would write about it. I would say things to myself of a positive nature about becoming a great car dealer. I would hang out with great car dealers. I would take great car dealer actions. I love the list for Mr. Hamilton. And I would, um, I would view, I would, I'd be watching videos. It's so easy today with, with YouTube. You can, Literally, you could probably you could probably literally, and I never do it. I'm out of the car business, but I could do a YouTube video right, our YouTube search right now, say how to become a, a great car dealer. I guarantee you, a thousand videos would come up giving me great advice, right? So, so that said, the 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 auto suggestion is the keystone to the arch of this philosophy. Desire back by faith, and there's no such word as impossible. Now that, it, 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 at the end of the day. And, and again, this is a part that many, 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 many people get, get messed up on. Napoleon Hill makes it very clear when you go to the chapter on imagination, he makes it very clear that there's two, uh, two aspects to the imagination. One is the synthetic imagination. The other is the creative imagination. The synthetic imagination is all the knowledge that is out there in the world about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And he tells you that you are not to use the creative imagination until you run out of the synthetic imagination. In other words, there's no more knowledge to be had. I've never gotten that far. <laughs> there's always been more information for me to gather about what it is that I'm trying to accomplish. Like right now, I'm, my, my, my play right now is successfully aging. 
I'm 63 years old. My goal is to live to be 122. Why? Because it's been done. Jean Clamou from France, it has been done. And there's multiple people that are living beyond 100, 110, 115, 120. I want to live to be 122. I'm 63. So let's just say I've got 60 years. Just like being a car dealer, what are the 10 things I need to do to age successfully to give myself the best probability of hitting 122? And what are the 10 things I need to stop doing to give myself the best probability of hitting that 122? So it's the to-do list, the to-do list. And by the way, when I say 10, my list is more like, you know, 20, 20, 30, 30, whatever. It's a long list, but it's all these things I'm learning about how to age successfully the same way as I learned how to become a great car dealer. So the synthetic imagination is the play that you're supposed to make within the realm of uh, think and grow rich. And if you, if you read the book, the way I'm asking you to read it, asking you to read it, and you look at that, you'll say, Oh geez, I, I didn't see this before. It's very, very clear. So many people, people get off into the creative imagination. That's where you get into the law of attraction and all this different stuff that you're not supposed to be messing with. Even he even goes, goes so far to, to say in reference to a guy like Thomas Edison, the only time Thomas Edison used his creative imagination was when he ran out of synthetic imagination, which most cases he didn't. There was enough knowledge that he just had to tinker with the formula to get to where he wanted to get to. So um, that's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I think for the average Joe, which I consider myself to be an average Joe, if I want to be successful at, at aging, then I just need to seek expert counsel. So you asked me a very short question. I'm giving you a long answer to it, but the answer to that question, the thing I would glean from thinking grow rich, if I was to glean anything would be seek expert counsel, find somebody who's smarter than you, Mr. Jenkins, seek and, and just talk to them. You don't need to go anywhere else, but there just talk right to this on. man and say, Hey, would you mind telling me what your top 10 secrets to success are? I guarantee you there would be some gems in there that would put you over the top. That's what I did. That's how I built the gym. Right on. Right on. Now, you know, it's interesting, you know, talking about desire and faith. And I, and I want to be clear. I, I'm, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I'd like clarity on this. I think I know the answer. I certainly have my own conclusions about it. But for a listening audience, many of which might not be, uh, they, they may not consider themselves uh, religious. You might not go to church or whatever. Sometimes, I think, when you hear the word faith, right, you know, you, you can think, well, you know, that, that's for the halls of, of catechism or, uh, you know, the, the church or whatnot. But, but I want you to think about faith in terms of a practical application, meaning, um, you know, taking this desire, this, this desire that Jim is talking about, which can be focused, right, um, and, and literally like a laser and the difference between a laser and the lights in my studio is, is it is focused on what you want, which I think is perhaps a good definition of desire, but faith friends, the faith that Napoleon Hill is talking about the faith that I believe Jim is talking about, certainly the faith that has propelled me, uh, a long way in my career it is really about knowing what I want 
desire. What do I want? Where am I going? Why do I want that? And, and I have to believe, Jim, I, I think that one of the failures in our education system today, if there is one, and, and it's something we can overcome if we're just directed to do so, is I don't think the average young person takes enough time uh, to, to get away and think about what do I desire? And then, and then I'd love to hear you elaborate on this. I'm sure you've run into it. I have working with salespeople and helping people set goals. Sometimes I hear, uh, and it's a sad story, but I've had some agents say, Tom, I don't want to set goals that are too big uh, because I've done it before and I've been disappointed and those disappointments are painful. So they actually get over into suppressing desire or kind of, you know, accepting perhaps from themselves far less than what they're capable of. Um, and I even believe there's ways of coming out of that. And one of the things I've tried to do, sir, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is, is, is I've done very much what you've said, meaning gotten out of my comfort zone. Uh, I remember flying to Texas to meet a very successful entrepreneur who I was a friendly competitor with, who was blowing my doors off in sales. You know, he had a and, and it was it was a hard meeting, right? Because, you know, this guy had the Lamborghini, had the pretty wife, he had the cute kids, he, you know, and it's like. Okay, so this is what it looks like if you do it right, okay? Clearly what I was doing was underperforming. It was what it looks like if you're not doing it right. But but I found that he was very kind. He was very willing to share, which most successful yep. people are very willing to share because I think this is the path of, that is less chosen. But, um, but I also know this, that I've learned that I can take myself and, and I, I can recall being broke, busted and disgusted and driving around through neighborhoods that I had no right driving around in just to see what a nice house looked like. And and then going to car dealerships, because like you, I love cars, never wanted to sell them, but I, but I have a few and I like them, you know, motorcycle, you know, and I think sometimes people fear seeing how other people live where I look at it and go, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. What we have to learn is the is the mechanics, because I think these principles, I don't think these principles favor any one person. I don't think they're gender specific. I don't think that they're cultural specific. I don't think the principles care who's working them. I think they just work like gravity. Your thoughts on that? Well, first sir? of all, so let's define desire. Desire is knowing what it is that you really, really, really want. Okay. And that can be a variety of things. It's not necessarily money. The book is Think and Grow Rich, but we have to remember rich can mean all kinds of things to the individual. For me, it was about money. I wanted to make a lot of money. I'll make no bones about it. I wanted to have a nice house. I wanted to have a nice car. I wanted to have the boat. I wanted to have nice stuff. So I needed to make money. So for me, Think and Grow Rich was a great deal about making money. So what do you really, really, really want? That's, that's number one. Number two is why. And I can tell you right now, if your reason why doesn't make you cry, you're probably on the wrong goal. It's got to make you cry. It's got to get you emotional. So right desire is the first step and it's knowing what you want. And then what is your reason why? And the idea would be through a process of, of, um, formulas is to grow the desire, right? 
So, so that's, let's, let's park that off to the left. So we're going to, we have the desire and we're going to grow that desire. Faith in this parlance is not a religious faith in this parlance. Now there's nothing wrong with a religious faith and it has its place, but that's not what I'm talking about. This right particular faith is me believing that I can. Okay. So, so I want you to think about this. So we're going to take the right. desire over here, which is what do you want? Why do you want it? And then the faith in this particular situation is me believing that I can get what I want over here. And so some questions, you know, has it been done before? Yeah. Okay. Well, why not me? You know, that's where I get the 122. Jean Clamou from France, you can look her up, lived to be 122. Okay. Well, why not me? Why shoot for 110? I mean, yeah, that'd be, if I hit 110, that's like, wow, you hit a home run, right? But why not go for the moon? 122. Does that mean I'm going to live to be 122? Beats the hell out of me. I don't know. But I know that that's my goal. 122. Anybody that knows me, if you say, <laughs> what's Jim Shorky's age? You go, 122. Now you know. And there won't it won't be 123. It's not 119. It's 122. So the, the faith that we're talking about here is, is me believing that I can. And in order for me to believe that I can, I have to convince myself that I can. So it really comes down to me convincing me that I can't. How do I do that? Auto-suggestion, the keystone to the arch of this philosophy. So I start watching videos about what it is that I want to do. I want to age very successfully. I have so many plays involved with aging successfully, it would blow your mind because I'm learning by watching videos, right? Auto-suggestion. So I'm watching stuff. I'm reading stuff. I'm saying stuff to myself. Here's an example of what I say to myself. Okay. Yes. I, I, I can't make this up. There's no notes here. Right. So, and here it is. I'll close my eyes when I say it. I can succeed. All that is possible for anyone is possible for me. I am successful. I do succeed for I am full of the power of success. I can do what I want to do. I can succeed. All that is possible for anyone is possible for me. I am successful. I do succeed for I, Jim Shorky, am full of the power of success. I can do what I want to do. Now, when I say that affirmation, you believe me, I'm thinking about 122. It's in my mind. Like I can, I can, I know I can, but I'm convincing myself. So what am I reading? What am I writing? What am I saying to Jim Shorky? What am I viewing? What am I listening to? I'm not listening to all this. I'm not, I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I don't want to hear that crap. I want to hear about what I can do, right? So what am I reading? What am I writing? What am I saying to Jim Shorky? What am I right listening on. to? What am I viewing? Who am I hanging out with? I want to hang out with guys like you to say, yeah, man, let's go. Let's do it together. We can, we can do this thing. I, I, I want to I live to be 122 as well. Let's do it together, right? So who am I hanging out with? And then what are my actions? Like you, you see me drinking here, right? This is a nasty drink. Okay, this is green tea, Bacopa Maneri. Uh, it's a it's a teton. It's called teton. It's called resilience. Listen to that word, resilience, right? And then it's garlic, cat's claw. I sound like a warlock, right? Garlic, cat's claw, um, oregano, <laughs> and um, and goat's root. Okay, which goat's root is what is is the plant that makes metformin. And it turns out that metformin has some science behind it. Potentially, it could be good for you. So 
I do a drip, drip, drip type technique with just taking the goat's root tea. So it's goat's root, garlic, cat's claw, uh, oregano, uh, bacopa monary, green tea, and, um, and uh, uh, this resilience thing. Now, when you study aging, okay, green tea just keeps coming up. It just keeps coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. So when you go interview your people, like Mr. Jenkins, you say, what do I do? So he gives you the list. Go to somebody else. What do I do? He gives you a list. Good. And you'll see the commonality of the list. You'll say, man, they keep saying the same dang things. They, they, they all say the same thing. So when you're studying health, guess yeah. what's going to come up? Coca-Cola is not going to be on the green list. Tea. It's not. You know, it's green tea. <laughs> it's not Coca-Cola. It's not Oreos. I have this saying. I have this saying that I, I say it all the time, you know. Hey, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but pizza is not a health food. Profound. Donuts are not a health food. They're just, I wish they were because they taste great, but they don't belong in the 122 thing. Right and, on. Then, and then lastly, Fritos. I don't know if you know this or not. It's not health food. It's not. They taste great. Not a health Not food. health, yeah. So what's on your to-do list? Not going to get you where you want to go. No. So it's like, well, I, you can have Fritos today. No, 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 actually I can't. I, I really can't. Uh, Jim, you, you don't need to pay attention to your bank account today because you're a successful. Pro- no, no, no. I do have to pay attention to my bank account. Because as soon as I stop paying attention to it, it's going to go down. So I, I, I got the list for Mr. Hamilton, these 10 things, and I've got my list. And, and this is one of the things on that list. And I'm going to uh, my, 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 my vision. So, so, and it makes me very emotional. It really does. I'll try to keep my act together. But so I'm 63 years old. I know that 30 years from now, and, and this is how far I fought into this, right? So 30 years from now, I'm going to be 93. Now probability states, I won't even be here because the a- average life expectancy of a male in the United States of America is just a hair North of 80. So 93 probability states, well, you're not even going to be here. So, okay, what can I do to change that probability? Secondly, if I am 85 years old, there's a 50% chance I'm going to have Alzheimer's disease. This is just the national t- statistic. 50% chance, like, okay, I don't want that. Yes. Okay, so, so uh, okay, 93, 50% chance that I'm going to have Alzheimer's. So I got a bad brain, I got a bad body, uh, and maybe I'm not even here. So, so. What can I do today, right now today, that my future Jim Shorky is going to be grateful for? And so in order to pull this off, I got to figure out what I want, got to figure out why I want it, got to make me cry. And I've got to, um, I've got to get into um, very, very specific actions around that idea. So now I'm 93. My granddaughter is 10 years old. She's going to be 40, 30 years from now. So I got to figure probably one of my grandchildren, I have eight, somebody's going to have a child, which means I'm now a great grandfather. And a lot of people, because they don't think it through the whole way through, they don't get to be a great grandfather. I want to be a great grandfather. Makes me cry, right? So I want to be in a position to deliver right my on. message to yes. that great grandchild 30 years from now on my front porch. I have a very clear vision of that. And so in order to do that, I've got to have a good brain. I got to have a great brain, actually. I got to have a great body to get me there. So great body, great brain. And I've got to become a better communicator so that I can communicate the message 
of my very good friend, Chuck Bellina, who passed away um, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, to, he lost his battle with liver cancer. And I told Chuck, I met with Chuck, so I want you to really dig into this because this is important. So I told Chuck, mm-hmm. I met, I'm met all with ears. Chuck on Wednesday evening. He died on, I got a massive chill right now. He, so I met Chuck on, 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 on Wednesday evening and he died on uh, Thursday morning, actually Friday morning per se, but for us like that, we think that's Thanksgiving, but really he died, he died actually on Friday, but it would have been like 2.40 in the morning. So Chuck died. So I met with Chuck on, on, uh, on Wednesday night. He called me uh, to his house and Amy and I went and he told me, I said, Chuck, what do you need me to do? He told me some things that I needed to do. I was like, okay, done. Okay, done. Okay, done. All right. That's all. Now, what else do you need me to do? He says, she says, Jim, I want to survive. I said, well, Chuck, I said, that, you, you got it, man. I said, you, you're going to live on through me. And so I decided that like, it gives, it gives me a massive chill right now. I said, you're going to live on through me and I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking about you. I'm not going to stop. So that was my idea was that Chuck Bellina lives on through Jim Shorkey. Well, as I started to do it, I thought, I can't do this by myself. I have to, Chuck Bellina has got to live on through each and every one of us. So Chuck Bellina li- lives on through you right now today, Chuck Bellina, I'm talking about him right now and, and you're, you're hearing it. And so you may say, Hey, this guy's doing this thing with Chuck Bellina and, and tell somebody it's like Chuck Bellina lives, lives on. And I decided that I wanted to use the butterfly effect to make this happen. So, so Chuck Bellina could l- live on, a year from now, based on this podcast that I'm talking about, Chuck Lean, and somebody somebody listens to it, and it's like, wow, that was pretty darn cool. And they make a change based on the podcast, and that becomes Chuck Bellina's message living on through each and every one of us. So fast forward Part to 93, I'm on the front porch. I got a good brain because I drank the tea. I got a good body because I drank the tea. And I've got I, I'm, I'm here. I made it. I, I'm 93. I made it. And I'm talking to my great grandson or granddaughter and my grandchildren and my children. And I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you on my front porch. And I'm talking about Chuck Bellina. That's the butterfly effect. And that's very emotional for me. And um, yes, so now, now when you say, hey, Jim, let's do some Oreos. Not me, Tom. Not happening. Yeah, you have the why. You've you've thought it through. You've used your mind to discover or or to express to identify what you want. You've thought it through enough to determine why, meaning, you know, using those emotional factors, seeing that future the way that it can be and and frankly, the way that it probably will be and certainly the way that I hope it'll be. We've got to bring this to a close, my friend. I I should I find it interesting that when I mentioned to my producer we were going to have you on, the name Chuck Bellini came up because he said he had met him doing some shoots over you know so what a fantastic tribute uh what a pleasure i trust somebody somewhere has gotten something out of this i want to thank you so much for being my guest today jim let's do this again sometime okay hey no no let's not do it let's not do it again let's do it a hundred times this there's so much all right i'm in let's do it a hundred times there's so much so much it's it's fascinating but you know what the bottom line is, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I really believe that in here. I really believe that. If I can do this, I do too, anybody Thank can. you. 
I'm feeling inspired. This is fantastic. Friends, this is the Tom Yakupin podcast. You can visit us online at Spotify, Amazon, Facebook, YouTube, www.tomyakupin.com or Yakopinions, I think, is still up and running. Jim, thank you, sir. Love and honor. Have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Special thanks to West Penn Life and Health, one of our sponsors. You can find them online at westpenlife.com, specializing in affordable life, health, Medicare, and retirement solutions.